We're going to preach a few moments uh, this morning on the subject, It's My Life. It's My Life. How many of y'all have ever heard a young person, or maybe you've even been ignorant enough to say it yourself, uh, it's my life, let me do what I want to do. Amen. Anybody Amen. know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, we've all been ignorant sometime in life. Amen. Uh, uh, I was I was listening, watching the. Uh, 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 let's all stand. Let's just read, and we'll go ahead and get started, and uh, and we'll just be a few moments this morning. James chapter four, verse thirteen. If you're there, say amen. Amen. The Bible says, "Go to now, ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain." James is referring. And he's addressing some merchants. Maybe he overheard in their planning. Maybe he, he uh, uh, was familiar with them. Maybe he knew them on a personal basis. Uh, but he knew they were making plans and, and, and sharing them and telling what they're going to do. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. We're going to buy and sell. We're going to get game. We're going to do all these kind of things. And he hears this and he's addressing this. He says, I see you say this, but verse 14, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your, what? Life. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Yeah. But now ye rejoice in your boasting, uh, and all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not to him, it is sin. sin. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. God, please, I need your anointing. God, I pray that you'll help me preach like a dying man to a dying world. I pray that I'll preach like I'll never get another opportunity to do it again in my life. God, help us to hear your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Uh, you may be seated. The Bible says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. What a question to ask. What is your life. I looked up the word life in Webster's Dictionary. It says the present state of existence, the time from birth until death. Life, it's the time allotted each person here on this planet. What God has given every single person. Do you realize that the Word of God teaches everybody that life is a gift from God? Listen, that's why we believe abortion is murder. We believe abortion is, is, is listen, uh, totally against the will of God. God is the giver and taker of life. Listen, he's the one authored it, he's the one started it, and he'll be the one to finish it. Life here on this earth is a gift from him. And we need to treat it that way. Uh, I was I was uh, saying a while ago. I I I was watching the the Saturday uh, morning show uh, on TV, and and uh, they'll they'll be interviewing people, and then every now and then they'll have a 
They'll have a, 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 a singer get on and sing a song. Well, there was one, uh, an old rock singer, I guess, uh, was trying to uh, get back started and everything and, 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 and have a, a, a resurgence in his career. And he got up and sang a song, and that's what it's titled, uh, It's My Life. And, and basically, uh, throughout the whole song, he, he sang the fact that it's my life, and I'm going to live it the way I want to live it, and I'm going to do what I want to do, and, and nobody has a right to tell me how to live my life. Well, you know, that's all good and fine for a song for a, a lost world, but I'm here to tell you, that's not true. Amen. That's not true. Uh, God, the Bible says in the very beginning, God breathed into man. Listen, breathed into his nostrils and he became a living soul. He formed him out of the dust of the ground, breathed in his nostrils a breath of life and he became a living soul. God put us on here and we have an obligation to him. My life, I'm going to do what I want to do. Jeremy Taylor, Jeremy Taylor, he said, God has given the man a short time here upon this earth, and yet upon this short time, eternity depends. Man, is that not a powerful statement? James Dobson said, if we fully comprehend, if we could fully comprehend the brevity of life, our greatest desire would be to please God and to serve one another. Yeah. Helen Keller Helen Keller said, I will not just live my life. I will not just spend my life. I will invest my life. Galatians 2.20, this is Paul. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know what he's saying? I have no rights over my life anymore. I am crucified. My will, my desire, my dreams were crucified. Now I live for Christ. Amen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6.19, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye are, you have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye, now watch, ye are bought with a, ye are bought with a, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. What does that tell you? I don't belong to me anymore. There's an old song that says everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to. You know, I, 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 let's, let's, let's change the, the phrasing, not necessarily dying the physical death. Nobody wants to die to themselves. Yeah. We want to go to heaven, and we want God to give us a ticket to glory, but we don't want him to mess with us while we're down here. Amen. Just let me do what I want to do. Just let me live the way I want to live. But, you know, make sure and get me when it comes time to go. That doesn't work. Amen. That doesn't fly with him. Listen, everybody's got their own way. The Bible says in, in Proverbs, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but boy, when it's finished, it bringeth forth death. Everybody wants their own way. There was an officer in the Navy, an officer in the Navy who had always dreamed of commanding a battleship. He finally achieved that dream and was given commission of the newest and proudest ship in the fleet. One stormy night, as the ship plowed through the seas, the captain was on duty on the bridge. When off to the port, he spotted a strange light rapidly closing with his own vessel. Immediately, he ordered the signalman to flash the message to the unidentified craft, alter your course 10 degrees to the south. Only a moment had passed when the reply came, alter your course 10 degrees to the north. Determined that his ship would not take back seat to nobody, uh, the captain snapped out the order to be sent, alter your course 10 degrees, I am the captain. The response came back, alter your course 10 degrees. I am Seaman 3rd Class Jones. 
Now infuriated, the captain grabbed the signal light with his own hands and fired off. Alter your course. I am a battleship. The reply came back, alter your course. I'm a lighthouse. Amen. <laughs> you know, sometimes it don't matter how big or important we think we are. God's word still stands. Amen. And you Amen. can think that you got everything under control and you think you got the world by the tail. You think everything is going your way. God's word will stand. Yeah. The Bible says, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He said, I did not come to condemn the world. But listen, I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. He said, he that believeth, listen, he that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Preacher, what's that mean? Whether you believe it or not. Hey, listen, the Bible is true. Yeah, amen. What is your life? What is your life? Let's look at just three things real quickly and we'll, we'll, we'll go get something to eat. I think Peachy's going to buy my supper if I hurry. Amen? Amen, Peachy, quickly. Amen. Number one. Number one, if you're taking notes, I want you to see this. I want you to see the solemn mystery of life. The solemn mystery of life. He said, what is your life? He hears these guys making these plans and doing, doing all this stuff, and he just stops and says, look, look, fellas, you, you need to understand some things. And he's trying to explain to them the solemn mystery of life. What, what mystery are you talking about, preacher? A, write this down. The mystery in its brevity. The mystery in its, its uh, shortness, uh, the short duration of time. Job said, man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. He said, my days are swifter uh, than the shuttle. He says, he says, man, time is flying by. Boy, it just seems like yesterday. I was, I was sitting in my, my desk a while ago, uh, Miss Carol, and I've got a big picture of uh, me and Miss Marie. Uh, 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 we, we, somebody gave me the picture. It was one of the same ones you had, but it's, it was in a little bigger uh, form, and I've got it under my glass on my desk. And uh, uh, Miss Marie, most of all y'all remember Miss Marie. Uh, uh, she got saved a few years back, 89 years old. 89 years old when she got saved over in the other building. Uh, uh, received the Lord Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. I mean, it was a wonderful day. That was so exciting to me to see that and experience that and be that. And uh, she went to heaven uh, uh, last week. I believe it was last Sunday. Uh, last Sunday afternoon, she went to heaven, 93 years old. And do you know what? You know what? She would say, it seems like yesterday. You say, but preacher, that's a long time. 93 years old. My goodness, that's a long time. But to her, it was just a moment. The Bible says, what is your life? It's even a vapor. I took a shower this morning, and, and listen, as you take a shower, the steam coming out of the shower puts a vapor on the glass, and it's, it's there for just a few moments, and then, then it's gone. Boy, it seems like us, us when we were young, and, 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 and I, I thought it was an eternity before I got my driver's license. I mean, it seemed like, uh, listen, 16 would never come. It seemed like I would never get 16. I said, oh, God, don't come before I get my driver's license. Yeah. I grew up a preacher's son my whole life. I mean, I, I heard it all the time, and I just knew Jesus was going to come back any moment. I still believe he's going to come back at any moment. But I said, oh, Lord, just let me get my driver's license before you come back. Oh, God, uh, don't come back before I get married. Lord, don't come back. Let me get married first. 
I mean, it just seems like an eternity till all that happens and then now everything is wide open fast forward. Man, it seems like yesterday we was in the other building. It seems like yesterday we were building this building. It seems like yesterday I was begging God, oh God, let us get this building done and here we are in it. We've done it, been in it, what, about four years now? Seems like yesterday I was in the in the delivery room with Tammy and and, and I, I remember I remember when she woke me up that morning. Listen, uh, uh, July third. I remember she woke me up that morning and then I called her mom. It like way or three or four o'clock in the morning and I called her mom and I was gonna act like a prank caller, but she knew if it was that time and it was that time with Tammy and, it, and she she wasn't in no pranking mood at all whatsoever. <laughs> I'll be right there. And she took things kind of seriously. Amen. And man, I remember that. I remember that just as just like it is yesterday. It seemed like it was yesterday. They made me put on all the surgeon gown stuff. And I mean, I look like I look like Dr. Welby. Amen. I mean, I come out there and, and had that baby, and, I, and I, I, it seems like yesterday I walked out of that room and said, Here is Jordan Laneve Carter. And I said the other day, driving my truck across my yard. <laughs> Where's time? Where's time going? You say, look, you got to understand, and young people, please understand this. I know it seems like forever, but boy, it's going to be gone before you know it. That's why the Bible says, remember the Lord in the days of thy youth. Remember him. The mystery of its brevity, oh, how short life is. Isn't life short, y'all? Not only the mystery in its brevity, but don't you see the mystery in its bestowing? He said, he said, you, you don't understand. You don't know what's on the morrow. Boy, it just seems here lately like, isn't it amazing how you can hear one word from the doctor and it'll change your life forever? Everything's going fine. Everything's going hunky-dory. Man, you're working and the bills are being paid and everything's going your way. All the plans are going. Then all of a sudden you get a call and your life it's changed forever. It's amazing to me how life can change so fast. Everything changes. You know, sometimes those type things rock people off their heels. You know what? We got to understand this. That never took God by surprise. Amen. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing's ever occurred to him? He said, I started it, and I'm going to finish it. I am Alpha, and I am Omega. I am the beginning. I am the end. He knew how it was going to end before it ever started. He knew, oh, hallelujah, I feel God right there. You need to understand, you may not know who holds tomorrow, but you can know, listen, you can know who's already been there. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what your health is going to be like. You don't know how your kids are going to act. You don't know what your job is going to be, but there is a God in heaven who has everything under control. He is in the storm with you. Amen. Listen, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know the way it's going to be. Man, I tell you what, it just seems like, Brother Bobby, how old was your brother? 55 years old. 55 years old. I used to think that was old, but not anymore. Amen. 55 years old, went to heaven with cancer. Listen, totally expecting for everything to be all right. Preacher, are you trying to make us feel bad? No, I'm trying to get you to open your eyes and understand. You don't know what holds tomorrow. 
We had a young man, 17. How old was uh, uh, John David Wilson? I need to help me. Uh, 19. I walked through the foyer. I walked through the foyer of the church that Sunday morning. He was walking through. He came by me. We was talking. I shook his hand, cutting up, joking, having a big time. Well, he was, listen, I think if I remember right, he was coming back to church that night. He was late for church, coming back for church that night, rounded the curve and went out into eternity. He wrecked his truck and went to heaven at 19 years old. Yeah. Rachel, what are you saying? I'm saying this. You don't know what tomorrow holds. Brother Cohn, how old is your son? 37 years old. We went in for triple bypass surgery. Did y'all get that? 37 years old. What are you saying? We don't know what tomorrow holds. Well, preacher, I'm going to just sow my wild oats and then, listen, you may not get a chance. I've never forgotten a story my dad told me a long time ago. He was pastor in Okeechobee, Florida. He had gone and visited a lady had been coming, a young lady had been coming to church, coming to church, coming to church. Him and mom went to see them on a Friday night. Friday night. Went to visit her and, and begged her to come to church, begged her to get saved right then. She said, Preacher, I want to and I know I need to, but, but I, want, I want to do it at church. I want to do it at church. I want to get saved at church. Dad begged her, pleaded with her, please, don't wait, don't wait. Listen, when the Bible says today is a day of salvation, if you know you need to be saved, don't put it off. You don't know what tomorrow holds. She said, I'm not going to do it. I, 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 I want to do it Sunday. You know what she was saying? I wanted one more night in sin. Isn't that amazing? Pharaoh with all those frogs. All those frogs. And he could have said at a moment to do what God wanted him to do and it could have been over with. And he said, give me one more night with them frogs. And this young lady wanted one more night in sin. She went to a bar that Friday night. Listen, came from the Fin and Feather Lounge. Come around the curve, went through the curve, hit the telephone pole. It decapitated her. She went out into eternity expecting in just a few hours to surrender to God. But you know what? She didn't know what the moral hold. She had no idea. She had no idea that her time would be up. Richard, what are you saying? You trying to scare me? If that's what it took, I'd, I'd wear a Halloween mask. <laughs> if I thought that's what it'd take, listen, it's not about that. You need to come to the realization that life is precious, life is short, and life is uncertain. Give me my verse right there, Brother Barnes, about the, about the barns. Brother Barnes, can you give me the verse about the barn? Amen. There's a man in the Bible, farmer, doing good, everything going great. Man, I'm, I'm, man our harvests are doing great. This is wonderful. He said, I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, drink, eat, drink, and be merry. Everything is fine. And that sounds okay. But watch what it says. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? What good is it to work your whole life to get so many riches to die and go to hell? 
missionary friend of mine wrote in my Bible when I was a little old bitty fella. I'd won a Bible. It was old-fashioned day. It was old-fashioned. Peachy, we had old-fashioned day. You know how when you get to most visitors, you get a Bible. And man, I was so proud of that. I had my own Bible, had my name on it and everything. And we went to Burger King that, 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 that night after church and, 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 and we happened to run into Brother, Green, Brother Bob Green. If y'all remember him, Brother Bob Green uh, uh, was in there. And I said, Brother Green, would you sign my Bible? And he signed in there. And he wrote, wrote the words of missionary Jim Elliott, who most of, some of y'all have heard about the movie The End of the Spear, uh, the missionaries that were killed and martyred. Uh, Jim Elliott was one of them. And this is what he said. He he is no fool. He is, <coughs> excuse me. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Yeah, amen. And what good is it if you've gained the whole world and lose your own soul? We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't. I don't have no. I don't have no clue whether I'm going to be here to, tomorrow or not. I remember. I remember uh, Easter Sunday many years ago. Easter Sunday, when we were still in the old building, Brother Dan Brannon and Miss Brenda got up and sang. Had a big time. We always had a big time with him because he was goofy. Say amen. You think I wore goofy suits. Now, Bubba, he wore, I mean, he wore suits you could hear coming. They were so bright, you didn't see them coming. You were, I mean, they just glowed. He didn't take them to a dry cleaner. He, could, he took them to a car wash and had them buff. That's what, I mean, it was... Did he not, I mean, purple and just, just I mean, there ain't no telling. Ain't no, just, just amazing guy. He was, they were great, man. I, I love Brother Dan, and he was such a cut up. And, and, uh, and, 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 and anyhow, that, that Sunday, I mean, it was that Sunday, singing for God, singing about heaven. I believe it was the Monday. Monday night, had a heart attack and got to see what he'd been singing about. But you know what? They called me and said, you got to hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, get over there. Uh, Brother Dan's just had a heart attack and died. I was totally in shock. That afternoon, that Monday afternoon, me and my wife had seen them in the parking lot of Walmart. Went by and way, hey, Brother Dan, that afternoon. Some of y'all were in, in this church tonight, today, because of that funeral. In our life development class yesterday, I, ask, I usually ask everybody, how did you hear about Temple? How are you here? And, uh, and, and, and one, one, of the, uh, one of the people taking the class said, Preacher, the first time I ever heard you was at Brother Dan's funeral. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. If we're going to do it, let's do it. You say, Preacher, but I just, I, I, I know I need it, and I know I, I, know I should, and I, 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 I. I said, but preacher, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get saved tomorrow. What if God calls your name tonight? Amen. Amen. What is your life? The mystery of life. And number two, quickly, don't you see the mistakes of life? The mistakes of life. How do we make mistakes? One of the worst ways we make mistakes in life, A, is by dismissing the wisdom of God. By presuming. You have the definition of that, Brother Barnes? I, I typed that out. To presume. This is what it means. To undertake without leave or clear justification. To take for granted. You know what we do all the time? We take for granted we're going to get up in the morning. 
We take for granted that, that, listen, our health is going to be great tomorrow. We take for granted that everything's going to be okay. We make plans and we presume. And, and listen, instead of going to God, he said, thy word will be a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Instead of going to God and saying, God, tell me what to do. God, tell me where to go. We'll say, this is what I'm going to do. God, I need you to get in on it. What a fatal mistake. It's not about going and doing our thing and asking God to come in and get on what we're doing. We need to hook up with God and say, God, what is it that you want me to do? We make mistakes when we presume things in life. We make our own plans and we disregard God. We make mistakes when we dismiss the wisdom of God. Why in the world? Why in the world would we want to make plans without talking to the one who knows how it's going to be tomorrow. Are y'all with me? Listen, not only by our presuming, but B, watch this. We make mistakes in life by dismissing the wisdom of God, but not only that, by disregarding the will of God. We dismiss the wisdom of God by our presuming. We disregard the will of God by our planning. I planned on being a veterinarian. That was my plan. I loved animals, loved dogs, and, and uh, you know, they seem to have money. They sure charge a lot of money, amen. I grew up a preacher's son, and he didn't have none. I said, Lord, I don't want to be this. Ain't no way. I want to be anything but this right here. Oh, doesn't the Lord have a sense of humor? In the back of my mind, in the back of my heart, all the time, even when I was a little fella, I knew that's what God wanted me to do. I'd sit right here on this, this chair right we, At Bethel, we had two rows of pews right here, and I'd have to sit right here, and my brother would sit right there, and my mom would sit right there and thump us on the head if we acted up. And, 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 and you know, even before my feet could hit the floor, I'd see preachers come in and preach with the Holy Ghost on them, with the touch of God on them. In the back of my heart, I could feel it welling up in me. I wouldn't ever mention nobody because I didn't want them to know, but I knew that's what I was fixing to be doing. And you know what? We make all kind of plans and don't even discuss it with the Lord. You know, young people, God has got a great plan for your life. Amen. I went to a church Friday night. Friday night. Went and preached at People's Baptist Church Friday night. That, it was the most unbelievable facility you ever seen. It was beautiful. I mean, it was first class all the way. And I think you ought to do God's house that way. I mean, first class all the way, everywhere, everywhere all over the building. And it is, it's Brother Dave McCoy's saying. He grew up in church. Uh, man, he served God his whole life. Uh, he grew up a preacher's son and then came up through the, the youth department, uh, was a youth minister, youth director, and was there for many, many years. And now he's a pastor there. And, and, and I'm telling you, God has blessed him beyond measure. And he's got a saying that's all over the place. They just put in a new gym floor in the gymnasium, a nice, I'm talking about hardwood floor, and right in big letters it says it pays to serve God Amen. the church put him a nice house in the back back there on the back, they got like 160 acres in the back of the property back there there's this paved road that goes back there and now it, it comes to a, a big steel fancy gate man I thought I was at Graceland it looked just like it <laughs> Big old steel gate there. And, and, and I mean, had the little digital buttons and everything. I said, oh, this is going to be cool right here. And across that gate, it said, it pays to serve God. Man. Preacher, what are you saying? 
Listen, you think you've got all your plans down pat and you think everything, listen, that you got down is the best way to go. I thought I did too, but God rearranged my plans. He said, I've got a different plan for you. I have a different purpose for you. And I'm here to tell you, I'm as happy as a fat baby in a phone booth with a pocket full of quarters. I wouldn't want to do nothing else than what I get to do now. I'm as happy as I can be. And if you'll line up with God, I'm telling you, you, listen, there's no greater life than right in the middle of God's will. There's no safer place than right in the middle of God's will. One young man came up to the preacher and said, Preacher, uh, I want to surrender to God and I want to do His will, but I'm afraid His will will take me to a dangerous place. And you don't understand, young man. Young man, you've got to understand that the most dangerous place you could ever be is outside of the will of God. Listen, it doesn't matter if you're in downtown Baghdad, Iraq. If you are in the middle of the will of God, listen, the devil's gunpowder cannot burn till God's through with you. Amen. The will of God is so important. Listen, let's not make the mistake and make our own plans without discussing it with him. God's got a great plan. These, these, These senior citizens, senior saints, senior insane people, amen. The forever young, they, they, they had a, a, what did they call that, Brother Joyner, the, the progressive dinner? That means they progressively went somewhere else to eat. Say amen. They come to our house for the appetizers and then they went to another house for the salad and then went to another house for spaghetti, I guess, for the main course and then went to another. Is that the way it went? Okay. Uh, well, whatever she fed them, amen. She fed them something good there. And then went, was it dessert? Uh, at Brother Kevin and them's house, and and, uh, and 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 they got a DVD that I'm 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 terrified to have to watch. I'm just here to tell you, they played a game and 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 end up having three divorces and had two proposals this morning. I don't know what that means. Bridget, what are you saying? Every one of them was sober. I think. Yeah, at a big time. Budweiser was not even involved in this situation. Uh, Miller High Life, uh, uh, Milwaukee's Best, all them things that the devil says you got to have to enjoy yourself, none of that was at this party or it better not have been. There was no crack involved. There was no dope involved. There was no marijuana involved. And son, they had a big time. I'm sick of the devil lying to these young people saying they have to have all this junk. I have more fun in my sleep than they'll ever have drunk any day. Hallelujah. God's got a great plan for your life. Listen, the mistakes we make, then number three, quickly. I want you to see the saints' manner of life. What do we need to do then, preacher? What do we need to do? Well, the Bible says, and it uses the word ought. It uses the word ought, which is a, is a word of obligation. The Bible says in verse number 15, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord, what? If the Lord, we shall live and do this or that. Uh, what, what, what's the saints' manner of life? A, we should be in a constant search. A, we should be in a constant search for his will. God, what do you want me to do today? God, what do you want me to do today? A search for his will. I, we, had a, we had a professor come, and I told this story before, but some of y'all ain't heard it, so I'm going to use it again because it goes way too good right here. A uh, professor came to, to, came to school, and he said he, he had a preacher friend of his that prayed about everything, prayed about everything. Didn't matter what it was. He prayed that he wanted God's will for everything. He prayed to God about what shoes to buy. 
And my wife knows it's obvious that I hadn't been doing that. Amen? She said, or I wouldn't buy the shoes I'd buy if I prayed about it. Amen? <laughs> but this, this old boy, he, he prayed, and, and he said, the brightest, purplest colored shoes you've ever seen in your life. I mean, you could, you could kill a roach in a corner with these shoes. He said he just felt impressed to buy them. He said, I don't know why, but he did. So he bought them, and he was preaching a revival. He was preaching a revival. And that, that Monday night, he was preaching and going back and forth on that platform, just preaching with the power of God on him. One little fella sitting right here. And that little fella, he didn't hardly hear anything he said, but he was watching them shoes. Just mesmerized by them shoes. He come up to him, pulled on his jacket, and said, Preacher, if I come tomorrow, will you wear them shoes? He said, If you come tomorrow, I'll wear these shoes. He said, The preacher come back, and it's supposed to be a true story. Come back the next day, preacher looked down, and that whole row was full of little boys. That little fella went to all his friends. He said, man, you have got to come see these shoes. <laughs> he said, oh, that's silly. Well, after the service was over, two of them little fellas got saved. Yeah. Yeah. Preacher, what are you saying? God's got a will for everybody. Amen. There's nothing too small to pray about. We always, talk about. we always talk about there's nothing too big to pray about. There's nothing God cannot do. And that's true. Let me tell you something. There's nothing too small to pray about. We need to be in a constant search for his will. I want to be in the middle of God's will. That's the happiest place you'll ever be is in the middle of God's will. The safest place you'll ever be is in the middle of God's will. You need God's will for who you marry. Man, you should have shouted a whole lot louder than that. You need God's will for where you work. You need God's will for where you go to church. I believe that. I don't believe we need to say any, many, mighty, mo, catch a church, by the toe. That's the one I'm going to go to. That ain't, that's not the way it should be. I believe you ought to pray and say, God, where do you want me to be? Because God has given you a gift as a Christian that will fit somewhere for the greatest. Amen. Amen. God's will for where you go to church, where you live, what you do. It shouldn't be, well, I wonder how many programs I got for my kids. Now, all that's important, but it doesn't matter what they have if it's not godly, and if it's not God's will for you to be there, I need a witness right there. Preacher, I'm moving to so-and-so because we're going to get $2 an hour raise and, and I need you to pray for them because there's not a good church to go to. Well, I tell you what, a good church to go to is better than any two-hour, listen, $2 an hour raise. That's right. What good is it to be able to afford a Cadillac if your kids go to hell? Yep. Amen. Search for God's will. He said you ought to do if the Lord will. We ought to be in a search for God's will. Not only that, but when we find it. <laughs> B, there should be a submission to his will. Amen. Don't do a whole lot of good when you do find it and then not do it. Right. Man, I fought it. I fought preaching. I did. I fought, I, 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 man, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to do it. I've seen all the difficulty. I've seen all the heartache. I've seen all the problems. I said, Lord, anything but that. Anything but that. But you know what? When I finally got to the point, I was tired of running. And I said, Lord, if you ain't going to give me peace about nothing else, and you ain't going to leave me alone, I guess I'm going to have to do that. 
I said, Lord, and see, we, we, always, we always treat this with these young people, all us Christians, older Christians who are seasoned and, you know, we've got it all together. We always make it seem to them like, you know, submitting to the will of God was no problem because I was such a great Christian and I just, I just wanted to do Man, give me a break. If it's so easy, why was Jonah running? If it was so easy, why did Peter have so many problems? If it was so easy, why did John the Baptist doubt the Lord when he got into the prison? He said, are you really him or do we look for another? It's not easy. So we should not put it on these children such a, a heavy bondage to make them think, if I'm struggling with it, if I'm afraid of it, if I'm nervous about it, then I must not be a good Christian. Everybody's nervous about the will of God. But I guarantee you this, when you get to that place, Lord, that's it. I'm, if that's what you want me to do, dear God, if that's, hey, I guarantee you, there will be such a load taken off of you. When I finally, Brother Buchanan, when I finally got to that place, when I told, uh, uh, told my dad and told others, God wants me to preach, and I just admitted it and said it, just said it out loud, and said it to, and made, made it public before the church, man, it was like a 5,000 ton of bricks come off the top of my chest. Yeah. And here we go. Till he said, you're preaching in two days. And then they all come back. Amen. <laughs> Listen, I'll... Can't describe you how great a life you can have in the Christian walk. But I want you to leave this building this morning remembering this. Life's short. Life is uncertain. And what you do in the brief amount of time we have here on this earth will determine where you'll be in eternity. Now let me ask you a question. What's longer? 50 years on this earth? 70 years on this earth, Miss Marie's 93 years on this earth, or forever and ever and ever and ever. Preacher, what are you saying? Because when you take your last breath, it's over. What's done is done. And if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, when you draw your last breath, You'll spend eternity in hell forever. But if you know Jesus, if you have ever come to that place, you say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin. Lord, I want to I be saved and I want to live for you. Son, your name is written down. And Brother Cone, when you take that last breath, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And when your eyes, man, wasn't it something? Miss Marie shut her eyes in Brother Bobby's living room and lifted them up in Jesus' living room. Amen. Yeah. You know why? Because one day, down in that little building, when she was 89 years old, she said, Oh, God, I'm a sinner and been that way a long time. If you'll take me just like I am, Lord, would you please forgive me of my sin? And in that moment, in that instant, she was changed forever. Amen. What is your life? Where are you going to spend the rest of your life when your life is here is over? What a question. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much.